have a Bible today, would you please open up to Colossians 2 and Ephesians chapter 4. Colossians 2 and Ephesians 4. Hold your place in Ephesians 4. We'll get back by there in just a few minutes. But I want to start at Colossians chapter 2. But just before we read that, we started last week a new study called Building the Church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Hades is a Greek word transliterated to help us to be able to pronounce it in an English language. But many translations or other translations will often translate that hell. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Jesus taught us that he's in the church building business. Satan is in the church resisting business, the church limiting business, the church attacking business. And so we need to know that as Jesus is building the church, there is going to be spiritual resistance. Spiritual resistance. We also found out last week from Ephesians chapter 4, the 7th verse, that the Bible says to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. To each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So God gave each one of us grace, or we could say it like this, ability to play a part in the body of Christ, to do something in the body of Christ. And then you remember in Colossians 4, 17, Paul said, Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. If you don't take heed to it, it'll never happen. Why? Because there's spiritual resistance, plans, schemes, plots to be able to stop you from being who you're called to be. So if you don't take heed to the ministry that you've received, you will never fulfill it. It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen. So let's read now. As we get going today, Colossians chapter 2, I'd like us all to read verses 18 and 19 out loud together. Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. If you don't have the New King James Version with you, that's okay. There are a lot of good ones. But just for the sake of uh, us reading together, follow along on the screens if you would. Everybody together, nice and loudly. Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Let's all read. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Now let's stop there. Let me read verse 19 again. And not holding fast to the head, that's Jesus, capital H, from whom all the body, that's all of us, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows, everybody say grows, grows with the increase that is from God, grows with the increase that is from God. So the Bible says that all the body of Christ when it's nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, when we all come together and begin to play our part, the body grows with the increase that is from God. Now, last week we went over that Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3, 6, I watered, or excuse me, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Paul planted, 
Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And so, even though God is the one giving the increase, He does it by us playing a part. He does it by us doing a job. And we said last week, nothing just grows by time. You know, somebody might say, hey, in time, I'm going to get out of debt. Well, it doesn't just happen because of time. You have to know what it takes. What do you need to plant? What do you need to water? So that God can bring that promise to pass in your life. Isaiah 119, if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. See, you're not just going to eat the good of the land because you waited. No, you do what it takes. And then God brings it to pass because you put yourself into a position to receive by playing your part, by doing your role. So how did the increase come? By, ple by people that are doing their job. Now let's look at Ephesians 4 now. And we read this last week, but let's read it again, picking it up from the 11th verse. It says, And Jesus himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Now look at verse 16. From whom, talking about from Jesus, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working. Well, what is the effective working? Or what works effectively? Here it is. By which every part does it share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Every part does its share causes growth. Every part does its share causes growth. Say that with me. Every part does its share causes growth. Say it again. Every part does its share causes growth. Causes growth. And we just read in Colossians 2 verse 19 that the increase comes from God. But notice, even though the increase comes from God, Here's how God does it. Every part does its share and it causes growth. It causes growth. So when I do my part, when I play my role, it causes growth. Listen, don't underestimate what your part does. When I play my part, when I do my share, it causes growth. One person. One person. I remember, and I've told you the story before, that in 1985, my pastor asked me, I was a new Bible college student, he asked me if I would become the volunteer junior high pastor at our church. And I explained to him, I'm not called to youth ministry. That's, you know, not my gift, not my grace and such. I explained it to him. And he said, well, I'd like you to do it. So I said, okay, you're the pastor, I'll do it. So I went in there that first Wednesday night. And there were 12 junior hires in there. I was in there by myself. Didn't have any helpers. And there were 12 junior hires in there. And by the way, one of them is now a pastor on our staff, Pastor Robert Arevalos. He leads the worship over at the Seal Beach campus. 
And he was in that original junior high group when I walked in. So that shows you I didn't do all bad. We made one. <laughs> I don't remember who all the other ones were, but I know we got that one. And I'm hanging on to him. If everybody else goes to hell, he's staying. <laughs> now, that's not true either. But he was in that class. We had 12. Now, I didn't know what I was doing. But as I prayed and as I prepared the Word of God, I got so wrapped up in how these junior hires needed to know about the love of Jesus and needed to know about the plan of salvation that I forgot all about whether or not I was called. I forgot all about whether or not they liked me. And I was so concerned that you've got to know this. You've got to know what Jesus did in my life and what he'll do in your life. And so I got so into it and then I started figuring it out. I never read a book, didn't, hadn't been to a seminar on youth ministry. Nobody was there really to do any training. And so I just started figuring it out. Went down to the stationery store and found this cardboard foldout where I could take attendance, like, you know, just for school. And I wrote their names and their phone numbers there. And then I, every Wednesday night, I came in, I took attendance. And I said, okay, I just called their names off. And the reason why is because if they were missing, I wanted to make sure to call them. I wanted to make sure to go after them and find out where they were. And so I began to take attendance every week. And I'd call, I'd call all the visitors that came. And I'd call the people that were missing. And then every Wednesday, I wouldn't let them out the door unless I hugged them. And so I got to hug them every time because they got to know if you if you don't feel like anybody else loves you, just know I love you and Jesus loves you. And so I just kept hugging them as they went out the door. Well, that went on over the year. And by the time we got to next June, a year later, that group was running over 35 kids every Wednesday night. Now, that doesn't seem I look back and think, well, that doesn't seem like a whole lot. I could have done better than that. But I didn't have the skills. I was going to Bible college. I was working my job at Stater Brothers Market. And uh, so I didn't have a lot of time and I didn't have a lot of training. But just one volunteer jumping in there, not even knowing what he's doing, caused that thing to about triple in one year. See, it caused growth. Everybody hear what I'm talking about? It caused growth just by one person stepping up to play a part. It caused growth. See, you have no idea what the Lord will do by you stepping up to play a part. What growth you can cause. And ever since then, I've just had a passion that whatever the Lord puts in my hands, whatever He calls me to do, it's going to cause growth. Man, I, wanna, I don't want to just show up and go through some motions and leave. Man, I want to do something that affects somebody's life, don't you? I mean in a positive way. Some of you affect somebody's life, but it's not positive. I'm talking about in a positive way, in a godly way. I want to affect somebody's life. I want to cause growth. And I found out all those years ago that I, if, if I'll pray and if I'll come in with intentionality and the Spirit of God on my life, I can cause something to happen that'll be a little part of what God is doing overall. This is big. This is so important. This past week at convention, we had a testimony come to the convention body about uh, a young man, a minister that I know, and Pastor David knows him even better than I do, but 
he has had diabetes all these years. He's a young man, a young man, but he's had uh, pretty serious diabetes to the point that it has affected his body in many ways. And finally, his kidneys pretty much shut down. And without a transplant, he wasn't going to be able to live. And his sister was found to be a perfect match. And she stepped up to donate a kidney to him. And they did the transplant. She got very ill afterwards. And, uh, and was, they were concerned about her. And he seemed to do very well at first. And then she started getting better. And he started having complications. But in this testimony, when the thing was done, both of them were standing on the stage, fully healthy, both serving the Lord in ministry. And, and he was the worship leader for the convention. And I mean, so strong in worship, anointed, just let us. But what if his sister had not stepped up? Here's a part of the body that is graced and gifted. But see, it required her to step up and to sacrifice so that he could continue to minister and bless people on this earth. And he's doing that. And he's doing that. Let me tell you, every time somebody in the body of Christ steps up, there's a ripple effect that blesses other people. And maybe there was somebody else that was saying, oh, I, can't, I just can't keep up with everything. And then when you stepped up, it took a load off them. Now they can keep going. Now they can continue to minister, can continue to play a part. See, we don't understand what Jesus understands. But here's what we do know. When every part does its share, it causes growth. When every part does its share, it causes growth. Now listen to Acts chapter 6. You remember this, starting from the second verse. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. So these are the twelve apostles. They said, It's not good for us to stop prayer and the study of the word and the teaching of the word to, to do these other ministry roles. Verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Well, what happened? Look at verse 7. Then the word of God spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. And so you can see here that in the book of Acts, the 12 apostles, they were trying to do everything. And finally they said, hey, we can't keep up with that. Plus, it's not good that we stop playing our role to go play that too. And so they said, choose out seven men to come serve these tables. And when they did, and the apostles were able to stay on their job, the Bible says the word of God spread and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly. Multiplied greatly. How? We added seven people. We added seven people. So by adding seven people to play a role serving in the body of Christ, the number of the disciples exploded. The number of the disciples multiplied greatly by seven people. See, Jesus knows how to build his church. Jesus knows how to build his church. And how does he build it? He builds it through all of us playing a part. And we don't realize, you know, we'll look at our part and say, well, what's that going to do? They don't need me. They got somebody else that can do that. Yeah, but it doesn't matter whether or not we can find somebody else to do it. Something is added when you do it. 
Because you're a, you're a part of the body of Christ. Every part does it share causes growth. And so even, it's not just covering the works. Everybody understand? It's not just covering the work. It's everybody playing a part. Every piece of the body must play a part. Must play a part. And every time another person steps up, the body grows. Every time. Every time another person steps up, the body grows. Every time. There's some here that you haven't been involved in the kingdom of God and the Lord's ministering to your heart today saying, I need you in. When you step in, the body will grow. When you step in, it will cause somebody else to be ministered to, somebody else to be saved. You have no idea the ripple effect. Only God can measure the effect of your participation. Only God. Only God. And this is how Jesus builds His church. You know, a lot of times people think of the earthly ministry of Jesus and they only think about Him preaching. They only think about Him healing. About Him raising the dead. They, they only think. But that's not the way Jesus functioned. You remember in Matthew chapter 10, the Bible says that Jesus sent out the 12 disciples. And He said, you go preach. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You've been sitting here. You've been hearing me teach the word. You've gotten enough. Now you go do it. You go do it. See, even in Jesus' earthly ministry, part of the reason it grew so large is because he didn't limit it to himself. He began shortly to send out other people, say, now you go do it. And you remember in Luke chapter 10, it says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. Besides who? Besides the twelve. He appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Notice that Jesus sent 12 and then he sent 70 to go out. And then he told them, now pray. Don't just be satisfied with 82. No, pray that the Lord of the harvest sends all kinds of laborers. Why? Because that's how the body of Christ is going to grow. See, you can see Jesus building His church. How does He do it? Through you and me. Through you and me. He calls every person to play a part. Everybody's involved. Everybody's involved doing their share. Now, here's what we need to know. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In other words, Jesus is building, but Satan is going to give us spiritual resistance. One of the problems is we don't often recognize the resistance that we're getting as from the devil. And so when you don't recognize that, that it's the devil resisting you, you don't resist back. You just think it's you. You just think it's you. For example, Jesus says to each one of us grace was given to minister and to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out all of his labors. But in our minds are reasons why we don't go. In our minds are reasons why this is not the season. Oh, I got this and that going on. And what we don't realize is on our list of reasons are excuses that the devil sows in our minds that seem valid. And we don't realize he's the one telling us you don't need to do it. They don't need you. That's not really what you're called to, sort of like me telling my pastor, I'm not called to youth ministry. See, 
That was a lie. I was called to youth ministry. I just didn't know it. That was a lie in my mind. And if I had acted on the lie in my mind, instead of acting on the word of God that says, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, then I would have been stopped in my ministry. I would have been running into a dead end, wondering, why is God not using me? Why, why is nothing happening? I'm called to this ministry over here. Why is it not happening? Well, it's because I got off of the word of God that said, just obey those who are teaching you. Obey those who rule over you. Follow them. Follow them. See, I would have gotten off of the word and said, well, I'm not called to it. I'm not called to it. Well, I was wrong. I was wrong. The devil would have loved for me just to have an excuse in my mind that would have immobilized me and not allowed me to get in and to start volunteering in something that I wasn't called to do. But thank God I didn't get sidetracked. Thank God that I just stayed on the word. I told my pastor, you're the pastor. Whatever you'd like me to do, I'm happy to do it. And so he said, well, I want you to do junior high. That began a progression that led me all the way up till today. Amen. See, I didn't know that, but God did. And, uh, and shortly thereafter, a year later, I became the youth pastor. And then not long after that, I started discipleship. And there was a season where I was teaching five different Bible series every week. Five different series every week. Five different topics, five different series. And it wasn't, nobody told me to do it. I was just full of God's word and wanted to do all this discipleship and I was doing it. But what I didn't realize back then is God was using that season to develop my skills. See, just because you have grace, somebody said, well, I have a grace to teach. Okay, well, you may have the grace to teach, but you don't have the skills. You have to develop your skills and the only way to develop your skills is to do it. But see, I can't wait to, well, put me up on the platform. No, you teach wherever the Lord opens up for you to teach. Isn't that right? And see, uh, I did for a while, I, I did kids ministry and I taught kids. See, when you teach wherever the Lord brings you or when you lead worship or when you serve, whatever your grace is, use it. Don't wait for something big to show up. Use it wherever the Lord needs. And then he counts you faithful and he opens up his plan and unfolds it season by season. But the enemy will resist you in your mind because he wants you not to step out and do anything because he knows if you step up to start to serve, the body will grow. And so to keep the body limited, he keeps you out. For example, I know that years ago we were looking to buy a little dog and we were asking questions about the real small ones. You know, they call them toys, you know, toy poodle, toy, you know, Yorkshire Terriers and all that. Well, I asked, how, how come they're so small? They said, well, part of it's genetic, obviously. But then this one breeder said, you got to remember when, you're, when they're puppies, you don't feed them all that they want to eat. You limit their food intake. Well, Kimberly was real excited about that. She's like, oh, you mean you don't give them enough to eat? <laughs> and uh, they said, well, you have to limit their intake because otherwise, you know, they'll eat too much and they'll grow larger. If you want them small, you've got to limit their intake. Well, we all know that's true. I know we got another dog, and uh, we let him eat all he wants. He's not getting any taller, but he is growing. <laughs> the enemy knows 
that if he can stop you from playing a part, then it will not cause the ripple effect that releases somebody else who releases somebody else that eventuates into people being nourished by the body. So he wants to limit our nutrition in the body of Christ so that he limits our growth. And all of this he does just by giving you a reason not to step up, a reason not to serve. Well, somebody offended me. Or, well, they just don't accept me. Or, well, they don't value my ministry. Or, I'm just busy right now. Or, they don't need me. See, but look, the way that Jesus builds his church is he sows into your life and then he says, now you go serve. Now you go be a part. And every part does its share causes growth. But the enemy is against this. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 2.8. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. But Satan hindered us. What did he do? He hindered us. Satan hindered us. So you need to know that the devil is hindering people from playing a part in the body of Christ. Even the Apostle Paul. But it's not just him, it's everybody. It's everybody. He's resisting you. What has the enemy resisted you from doing and limited you from doing and given you the best excuse? Why not to do it? But today the Lord's speaking to your heart and saying, don't listen to him anymore. I've called you. Get in there. Jump in there. And don't worry about if it's the ultimate. That's another mistake and a lie that the enemy does in people's hearts is God gives them a picture of where they're going to be in years to come. And they're waiting until that opens up. That's not going to open up. You have to play your part today. If you're faithful in that which is least, then He'll make you ruler over that which is much. You have to start now. If you're not faithful now, he can't trust you with the much. See, and the enemy will cause you to wait. Well, just wait. That's not really what you're called to do. That's what he tried to do with me. But it's not going to work anymore. Can you imagine a whole church full of people that all resist the lies of the devil and just jump in? Jump in to help with good attitudes, play a part, if you jump in and something's unorganized, instead of saying, it's unorganized, help organize it. You're part of the body. Isn't that right? That's why you're called. If you notice it's unorganized, then you must have a gift to help organize it. That, th no, really, this is the way it works. If you notice that, don't see that as somebody else not doing their job. See that as an opportunity for you to play a part. Now I know what to do. Now I know what to do. I know that when we first came to start this church, sometimes people come up and say, man, you've done a great job. You've done a great job. Well, I know I've done a little part. I'm playing one role. But you know, when I came, I didn't come alone for one thing. Mrs. Kimberly came with me. And she sees things I don't see. She can do things I can't do. She'll come and say, did you notice this, that, and the other? No. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 she does. She sees things I don't see. She picks up on things that are so important. See, but one will put a thousand to flight, two, ten thousand. See, we can be ten times more powerful every time we add another person. Amen? Well, we didn't come by ourselves either. David and Tiffany came. Oh, aren't you glad? You don't get me up here on a guitar every week. A lot of you wouldn't be here just for that. Just for that. 
Maybe Kimberly wouldn't either. But see, everybody plays a part. And then after a while, I mean, the Lord was bringing people. Before Pastor Rick Guerra was Pastor Rick Guerra, when he was just Rick Guerra, the Lord brought him. And he had gifting in finance and running QuickBooks. And he came in. And even when we were just a baby church, even before we opened, started setting up financial systems that could accommodate a large structure so that everything could be handled safely. Everything could be handled with integrity. See, I couldn't do that. But he comes in and sets that all up. And now we have a review every year of our systems of handling things. We get high marks every year from an outside company coming in that does this, you know, with all kinds of uh, nonprofit and, and for-profit organizations. They come in and do a whole review. Well, how did that happen? That wasn't my gift, but that was his gift. And person after person has come in. Person after person. Not just staff, but volunteers and such. And then a little time goes on, and then all of a sudden Carl and Terry McCauley show up. Good night. What happened? Causes growth. Causes growth. Amen. But no, I, I could literally list off hundreds of people in all the roles that they play. We got some current heroes going on right now. We, were, we hit a low point in our usher uh, ministry uh, a few months back here. And Todd Funk stepped up right over here and said, I'll take it. I'll, I'll fix it. I'll deal with it. And man, now I, we've about tripled how many ushers we've got since that point. I heard they went bowling a couple weeks ago and just had a big time. Oh, let me tell you. Hey, it's such an important ministry. But look, and it's not just one person, but when one person steps up and causes something and other people step up, it causes something to happen. And before you know it, things are going well. Walter Hofflin, out in the parking lot, he and Joel Ervolino out there, I mean, they stepped up along with all of our great parking attendants out there. I mean, it was getting congested out there. And all of a sudden, a few changes and things that they're doing every week, improving, making things happen, along with a whole lot of people parking in the Fullerton parking structure. See, every part, every part of the body doing their part. It eases congestion. Now more people can come without, you know, you know, when some of these people come that don't know the Lord, I mean, they come in and they have to sit behind somebody to try to get out of church, you know, and then, then they'll flip somebody off. And then they'll feel guilty, like, I can't go back there. I flipped the parking attendant off. Well, they don't know the parking attendants. I mean, they can take it. They can take it with a smile. I think they can. Now, don't go out and test them. But look, see, I'm telling you, when everybody steps up to play a part, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. And this is what the Lord is saying to us. The Lord is saying, I need you in the ministry. It's not that he and his power couldn't bring it to pass, but that's not the way he wants to build. He does not want to build by supernatural miracles. He wants to build by everybody being a part, everybody playing their share, everybody doing what they're called to do. So if you're not involved, I want to encourage you for your good, for your goods. Listen, when you step up to be involved, it's not only that you cause growth in others and in the body of Christ, you grow. You cannot grow yourself without jumping in to play a part. 
You can't. Well, I'm just going to read a lot of books and grow. No, you've got to experience it. You've got to learn by following the Lord and doing it week after week. And then the Lord teaches you. And only God knows how He can take something that seems menial, even remedial to you, and use it to prepare you for something that you understand to be very significant and fulfilling for yourself and for the body of Christ. So I want to encourage any of you, listen, we need help in kids, as we're growing, we need help in kids ministry. We need help in usher ministry. We need help in the parking lot ministry and on and on and on. You can go out to the Join the Team Center out in the foyer over on this side to my right. Go back there and sign up and get involved also this Tuesday night in our startup rock group training. Let me tell you, freely you've received, freely give. We've got thousands of people that are being discipled. And the Lord is saying, I want you, along with some others, start a rock group and begin to disciple people. And what's it going to do? It's going to cause growth. Cause growth. Who's building this church anyway? Jesus is. I will build my church. But how does he do it? He does it through us. So just say this out loud. I will do my part. And I will cause growth of the body. I have a calling. I have a ministry. I'm in partnership with Jesus. He uses me to make a difference. Everywhere I go, everything I do, He will use it to cause growth. I'm a part of this body. And I'm going to play my part. In Jesus' name, amen.